0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today I am talking to Dennis Humphrey. He is a co-founder over at Eden Business Concepts, which is a business that's helping other businesses. And so I'm really excited to dig into that. But first I want to welcome you to the show today, Dennis. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, Thanks, Lance. It's a pleasure to be with you today.
0: Okay. So Dennis, before we get into anything else, I want to hear from you. What are three things that you think every entrepreneur needs to know or understand?
1: Uh, Number one, top of the list, don't get yourself isolated. Isolation kills. And then as your business grows and you scale, you will be isolated at the top of the house. And that's never a good thing for a leader. So uh, don't isolate. Uh, I would also say, um, lean into resources that are available to you uh, that goes, you know, it's kind of secondary. Don't be isolated. Uh, when someone wants to help you look at it, look at it deeply. Um, the third thing I would say is uh, be okay with what you're not good at. You know, when I'm over 50 now, so one of the beauties of being over 50 is I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not. I don't worry about what I'm not good at. I source that. Hmm. And, and so the quicker you can get to that, Uh, the quicker you're going to make better decisions on the resources that you bring in close to build your business.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. We get so um, caught up in trying to wear so many hats as entrepreneurs, right? That it's just it's it's never going to be as efficient as what it could be or as effective as what it could be. If you had people just focused on those areas where uh, it's it's either something you don't like to do or you just don't have the skills to do it, right? Right, right, yeah. yeah, and and also that fallacy that uh, you know nobody's going to be able to do it as good as as I can. <laughs> I know I've fallen into that trap once or
1: twice. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that 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 that's that's a bad one because it just it sets the tone for the organization moving forward as it scales.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and now speaking of the tone of organizations and and just really understanding that that org- organism that every business is uh, and the people within it, this is this is your your playground, man. Like this is what yeah. you do day day in and day out over at Eden Business Concepts, right? So why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about what problems you guys are trying to solve, who you're working with, what you're doing.
1: So typically we'll come in, a leader will engage us and have us come in. And the big task is, <laughs> excuse me, is going to be workforce optimization um, and culture. We're going to poke around in those two areas. And a thread that's going to run through that are two big themes. One is understanding your motivation as a leader, understanding your people's motivation. And and the second one is how do you manage conflict? Uh, mm. Because how a company manages conflict, you know, that, that can create money or take money. And Mm. so we will work in that area. Um, Oftentimes with leaders, uh, we will ask, help them try to figure out why they make the decisions they make. And that gets to a motivational question. And we have a, we have a model where we have about three, we have three different categories. We have respect based people. We have value based people. And we have approval based people. You got these three people in your organization. They're all motivated by different things, but when you figure out what their motivation is, you actually speak to a kind of a deep part of them. So just give an example, a respect-based person, I'm gonna talk about how great his ideas are. Or I'm gonna say, you often know where we need to go. Uh, you know, that's music to their ears. An approval-based person, I'm gonna tell them, Hey, we really like to have you around here. You you bring something to us that nobody has. We like you, we approve of you. And a value-based person, we're gonna continually say, hey. You see opportunities we don't, uh, you know, whatever, whenever you bring something that always brings us value that always adds to us. And so that's where we work in that motivational space and we help leaders and their people understand when you figure out motivation, uh, how a person's motivated, an employee's motivated, we can speak their language, they settle down, they work better, they feel more comfortable. And we manage conflict better because we understand how they actually do conflict. And we can do that in a more productive way. All of that really starts to set a tone workplace culture. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, beyond that, we can look, you know, right people, right seats kind of thing. But if you don't start with who the person is, how they're motivated and how they're wired up, um, you're going to miss a lot of things.
0: Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's one of those things, which is uh easy, to understand how that impacts the overall culture of the organization, which therefore then impacts the success of the organization. Um, so we understand that intellectually, the importance of this, mm-hmm. but the execution side of things is often very lacking. Why do you think that is? Is yeah. it just a function of you know the the people at the top just being busy, being busy, and so. You, it kind of gets away on them or, or what, what's going on there? Why aren't we doing a better job of that?
1: Well, one of it is, um, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, as they they grow their businesses, learning to let go becomes a fundamental thing. A lot's on the line for them. This is Mm. their baby. You know, uh, someone starts a business and she's worked that thing up to a, a couple million dollars, top line revenue. There's a lot of significance in that. And, and what we find is when we help, we help entrepreneurs find their significance beyond the business they built, they are better leaders. Uh, but without somebody really kind of having those conversations with them, um, it, can be lo- it can get lost real easy. Um, because, you know, success is intoxicating and it's wonderful and it blesses a ton of people. But it also can frame a leader's identity. And and entrepreneurs that can't find their identity outside the thing they're building, um, they're vulnerable.
0: That that's really interesting. I want to want to explore that just a little bit more because uh, you are bang on. Like we work sometimes for years and years and years growing these businesses, and and they are our 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 little baby, right? We we've definitely uh, invested a tremendous amount of effort and time and and emotion into it. And so it's really difficult, I think, for a lot of people to separate themselves from that business, which also, you know, some other guests, <clears throat> excuse me, that I've uh, had the pleasure of talking to talk about, you know, how do you set your business up for that exit strategy and so on? And if you're not able to separate yourself from it, well, then that's a mess too. But, but yeah. it, there's a lot of reasons that you need to do that separation. What do you do or how do you coach an entrepreneur um, to, Uh, best separate themselves from the business um, so that they can find that, what you said, significance beyond the business.
1: Sure. So this comes back to a key phrase that we use. We have a phrase, um, you know, you'll either flourish or flounder in all your important relationships based on how well you know your heart. And what I'm, what do we mean by that? It's just coming back to the leader. How well does that leader actually know themselves? Um, You know, we've all seen in movies or in other situations where here's a great leader, but, and they're, and they're leading this cause really well, but there's, there's a lot of wreckage in the wake. And, and so we do help leaders figure out what's your motivation here, because out of your motivation, you're going to make a series of decisions in a certain way. And if you, and there's a lot of upside to that, I'll give you an example, like what we would call a respect based person. They often have clarity, you know, they can see where it needs to go. They can see all the moving parts. They bring a lot of wisdom in, in, in how they operate uh, because they're able to consume a lot of information, non-emotional. The challenge is so for, for that kind of leader, if they, if they don't have all the information they need to feel like successful, the dark side of their motivation is they're going to start pushing people for clarity. Um, they're going to start creating a lot of noise because they're not getting, because they, they feel like they're going to, their failure buttons getting pushed. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we go with a leader and with a leader's people and we say, let's find what your root motivation is, your core, how you are motivated relationally. Hmm. Figure that piece out, figure the upside and the dark side and try to work out of the dark side into the upside of it. And you will, a lot of the noise in leadership will go away. And you'll actually be able to make decisions with a lot more clarity. Hmm.
0: I I love some of the terminology you use from, from the dark side right into the upside. Uh, yeah, I, and you've been at this for a while now, right? It's uh, I think you said before we yeah. hit the record button, twenty years of experience doing this with with businesses, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, or larger organizations. A lot of it, a lot of it, originally in the nonprofit, edu- higher ed space. Yeah. So now one of the
0: other questions that uh, comes to mind, too, is, you know, once you've worked with these people to understand, you know, the different types of people or personalities, whatever you you mentioned, the three, the respect, the approval and the value based uh, types of people within the organization. So it's not enough to just understand who these people are, but then understand how to manage them. For the best outcome as well Mm. so when you're working with a leadership team um is that the biggest stumbling point or the the point where things start to kind of fall apart as they'll do the initial training but then the execution isn't there i'm just curious
1: it is it is and 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 the reason it gets challenging is is because we tend to operate out of the thing we're most comfortable in yeah and and that's why you will see a leader surround him or herself with a lot of people like him or herself, right? Because that's what comfort, that's comfort. I I know this, this is predictable to me. So the part, when we start to get in with leaders and start to figure out, okay, who are your people? How are they wired up? What are their motivations? we A big piece of us is saying, not just know this, but you're going to need to speak it, even if it's really hard for you or you don't value it. So like a a respect-based person, you know, has to approach an approval-based person. Well, respect-based people don't need your approval. They already know what they want to do. They already know what their goal is. And so now they have an approval-based employee. Mm-hmm. And and they need to learn to soften their tone. They need to learn to speak the language of approval to that employee. And when they do, that employee calms down, leans in, and, and they need to do this desperately because approval-based people will hide problems because they don't want to be the messenger that gets shot. Mm. And so what we do as part of our work is to coach them through speaking the other language, actually valuing the other motivational language that they hadn't historically thought of.
0: Interesting. And so
1: how quickly
0: can an organization, uh, the leadership turn the ship around if there's a, a bit of this uh, chaos around managing conflict and, and managing people? Um, is this something that when you guys come in and work with these organizations, uh, you can write that ship fairly quickly? Or is this just uh, an ongoing you know, thing that they're, they're constantly
1: needing to, to work at? Well, you know, like any entrepreneurial endeavor, um, the leader has to buy in and, and we won't, we won't engage someone if we don't think that a leader is teachable and, and and open, you know, we don't want to waste their time or their money in our time. So it had classically, it does have to start at the top, but yes, very quickly we can turn people around because we, what we do is we give them a common language. We give them a very simple common language. And once you give a group a language of conflict, now they're all speaking the same thing. Now they all understand each other. They can move fairly quickly. Um, Granted, there are, you know, you have your typical other, you know, human resource, behavioral coaching issues, you know, development issues. And and some people are more open than others. But when when a group will engage the language that we give them very quickly and, and, you know, you can you can write some things in a matter of day, you know, a day, depending on the severity of it. Other things will take time. But starts with the leader, a common language and a common conflict process. And and that's very effective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to switch gears just a little bit here, Dennis, and just talk a little bit more about your journey as an entrepreneur as well. Because you shared with me before uh, we hit the record button that you've been at this for 20 years or so, mostly, you know, as a consultant, contractor, freelancer, whatever. Um, and it's only been in the last five years that you and your partner decided to come together. And and this is somebody that you've known for many, many years, uh, come together and form Eden Business Concepts. I'm curious, what's the motivation there uh, and why did it take you you know, 15 years, I guess, to form the the partnership in the company.
1: I think it took that long for two reasons. One, just to gain enough traction and experience in, in the models we were developing to say, mm-hmm. yeah, these these work. So we had a lot of experience, a lot of history. The other thing was was really late in the game coming to a realization of we actually have something to say. Um, we've been in the nonprofit space and, and the higher ed space. And those are just very different than the business environment and different sets of values and relations work differently.
0: Yep. And
1: and so I think part of it might've been our own sense of inadequacy that we really didn't have anything to say into that space until mm. someone came along and said, look at what you're doing. We need this. And, and uh, both my business partner and I operate on, we've historically operated kind of opportunistically and at invitation, right? So we started to realize in the higher ed space with your network and nonprofit, you get a lot of invitations to do stuff and you can run on that. Um, When you switch over to business, you know, you really do have to be more intentional, targeted marketing, your brand. And um, we just realized we would just have to grow up and go do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a combination of building experience and then believing that, yeah, we actually do have something to say. And we stepped into the business world. Our, our big desire in working with business owners and, and people in business and at all levels is this. We want workplaces to be life-giving. We want someone to walk into work, give their solid eight hours, go home and still have enough in the bank, you know, the emotional bank account for their family, their friends, the important things to them. And that's why we ended up taking a lot of our conflict work into the business world because this is a, this is an energy suck. This is an emotional energy drain that people come home and they don't have enough for family and friends. And we, we just want to see that changed. The second thing uh, which we grew up in higher ed with, uh, we started to see trouble in generations, not talking to one another, not working well enough together. So we have a strong heart for emerging leaders so that's why we're always getting to the leader and then we're immediately asking the leader, who are your up-and-comers who are your people in your 20s let's do well with them because by the time they hit 30 they're ready to just tear it up
0: yeah it's it's such an interesting thing when you talk about I, I think uh, the journey of your own business, as well as as being able to look into all these other organizations that you've worked with, and really, uh, you know, dissect them and pick the parts and the things that make the most sense in terms of the way that you're going to build your business. I, I'm I'm curious with that exposure that lends into all of these different types of businesses out there. How has that informed the way that you? have set up or structured or, are growing your business?
1: Um, it's probably helped us and hurt us. I think, I think the area we're still growing in is, is kind of the, um, targeted pointed brand and getting that, (laughs) excuse me, getting that message out there. Um, you know, we, like I say, we've grown organically and now we're at a spot where we're busy enough, um, we need to be more targeted. Uh, we need to select our clients better. Um, we need to reach some new and different clients. So it's really been this evolution out of kind of this uh, higher ed, let's be cerebral about it. Let's be all about ideas. And then stepping into the business world, which you still need the cerebral work and the ideas. But if you got to put legs on it. And and that's been the journey for us, I think, is, is two, um, two people who have come out of higher ed have spent most of our life in higher ed going, you know, it moves a lot faster in business. The concerns are different in business. You know, you're not working on grant money anymore. <laughs> yeah. You're working on a revenue stream and a cash flow. Yeah. And that's just a whole different world that we've had to grow into and are still growing into. So I, I'm curious then,
0: um, as you you know, reflect back on on 20 years of working with organizations and the last five years, maybe a little bit more focused on businesses. Um, How do you personally define success for your business? What what is success?
1: Uh, For us, success is thriving. So we're going to thrive on two sides are uh, the, we're going to work with people and we're going to start to see that leader thrive. And then we're going to start to see that leaders, people thrive. That's that idea. They leave work and they still have stuff in the bank. Hmm. Um, and for us, the thriving is, is economics, you know, um, you know, just, we're just trying to generate our revenue and, and pay for ourselves. And, and we're not, uh, we're not money motivated. Money doesn't drive us, but businesses run on money. And so, you know, they're, all those measures of success of revenue are important to us just as much as, and that's part of the thriving model of our business. You know, look at our, look at our scorecard. Are we thriving this month? You know, are we moving and thriving? I think the other big thing too, as friends who know each known each other, all our, well, 30 plus years we've known each other um, working in the nonprofit space as co-academics and co-consultants, when you step into business with a friend you learn stuff about that person that you didn't know as well or as deeply or maybe you knew it in your head but now it's your own conflict oh you make money decisions like that oh you make you know sales decisions like that yeah 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 so that's been another fun part of the journey as my business partner I just really you know getting to know each other all over again in a different way and um you know we're deep friends and best friends, but you know we started having conflict, and we had to work our model on ourselves.
0: <laughs> what was that like? I'd imagine that's uh kind of difficult in a way, right I mean, sure you have the the common language and everything, but it's it's difficult when you're looking inward as opposed to outward right
1: oh sure you know it's it's the classic thing of the the contractor whose house is never finished, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're helping all these other people and then we're having to go, oh my, our house needs some work on. And yeah. and so we really did early on had to have some very critical decisions and, and you know, some heated decisions at times. Simple stuff like when some tech went sideways on us, you know, and now we're in a conflict and we're pausing going, what's going on with us here? And we went back to the very things we work with our people. It's like our motivations. Yeah. You know, my motivation for approval and his motivation to be respected and right, those started to clash. And we just had to take a pause and go, okay, all right, this is, this is where we are. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's work our system on ourselves.
0: Yeah. I, I'm also curious. So, um, uh, you know, you've been, been at this now, the, the business side of it, uh, you know, the, uh, forming the corporation and that, uh, five years ago. So what's easier today now after five years? Than what it was, I guess, at the beginning days of each business concepts.
1: I think what's easy, what's easier for me now is, is kind of the networking marketing piece. Hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, early on you're starting something, you have that feeling like I got to get a sale. I got to get a sale now, you know, that, that really pivot to, Hey, I want to get to know this person. Maybe I can help them. And, And so it becomes a broader thing. Like I'm glad to have a coffee with anyone and, and talk to them about their thing. Knowing that the the goodwill of relationship really does pay off down the road, yeah. Uh, when people have when people feel cared for, they're likely to come back. Um, and you know that's that's the way that worked with our other business. You know, people felt like we actually cared for them. We weren't just trying to nail a contract. Yep. And yeah. so I nothing I love nothing better uh, than have coffee with someone and go you know these three people you actually need to talk to and then making that connection and then seeing yeah. them thrive because of that connection that 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 really is exciting and that makes business building a whole lot more fun
0: yeah yeah it's so funny that that you mentioned that right because one of the the models we have at media is that uh, we give first and one of the ways that we give like, there's a lot of different different things that we do there, but one way is that we um, are very very intentional about creating those connections for people and so we'll go out of our way to try to figure out that so it's it's part of just our our DNA so uh, as an organization and and so there's a lot more time spent. Uh, By our team thinking about how we can help others connect with other people than what I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look at it on the surface where you go, well, that's not a profit, you know, driver initially anyway. I think there's there's a lot of benefits that come from it, but um, but it does actually play itself into a lot of good business development um, credit. I guess you could say that we're putting in the bank every time because uh, you when you can place yourself kind of at the uh, as the impetus of these collisions of of amazing people and great ideas and opportunities, um, then there's just good things that come back to you, uh, no matter what. So it's
1: yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And yeah, it may not be now, but it might be a year and a half or two years from now. Yep, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really amazing how well that works. Um, now if you could send a letter back in time to your younger entrepreneurial self what would you tell yourself dennis what would be in that letter if you could do that what conversation would you have
1: yeah i think for for me what that would look like is Lois says something like this i says look people will listen to you and you're going to be able to influence them in a real positive direction and, and you need to be confident that that that's something you can do well mm-hmm. i think the other thing uh, I would say just on experiences, I would tell my younger self, look, people have a good experience with you. They feel cared for when you're when you engage them. And and that would speak directly to just my own personal journey of just, you know, feeling inadequate in some ways or like I'm not smart enough or good enough. And so I would go back to the younger self and say, Look, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, trust your gut. Um, you think well and you care well and and people pick up on that. Um, and I can say it's that something. because stuff that I think sometimes is just, uh, I was just an off the cuff comment and someone comes back to me and says, you know, you said this to me and I'm like, oh, okay. I need to pay more attention to that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. The power that we have, right. When we have the position of influence Mm -hmm. within people's people's minds and the way that they're thinking and carrying on with their business and everything else. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's such an incredible trust that they place within us. Um, and also we have to be very mindful of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. Um, yeah, we're not moving, you know, it doesn't, kindness doesn't really cost us anything. No, that's right. In the yeah. long run, it doesn't, so it's worth doing, and it reaps yeah. results
0: yeah, completely. well, I thank you so much, Dennis, for sharing this with me. Uh, if you um, you know wanted to give somebody a means to reach out to you, what is the best way to do that? Is that LinkedIn? Is that email? Is that go to the website? How, where do we send people Yeah they, they, connect?
1: they could find me on they could find me on LinkedIn under Dennis Humphrey um, or they could go to our website edenbusinessconcepts.com and if they want to learn more about the motivations they could go to the uh, resources page and there's there's a couple pdfs there they could download but they're always happy they have people reach out i'm glad to have a conversation and hey if i can't help you directly i'm going to try to connect you to someone that can
0: yeah yeah, living what you just talked about. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Dennis. And for those of you who are listening to this episode and really enjoyed this, you can check out our archives where you're going to find all sorts of different advice and entrepreneur entrepreneurial journeys that other people have shared with us over at amplifyyourbusiness.ca. And of course, you can find us on all your major podcasting platforms to search Amplify Your Business there. Give us a like, give us a share. Uh, definitely appreciate it as we continue to build this entrepreneurial uh, community that we have started here at Amplify Your Business. So thank you for listening. Thank you again, Uh, Dennis. I really appreciate your time, your expertise, and for your sharing. And for everybody else out there, have a prosperous day.